Welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. These podcasts are designed to motivate, educate, and to inspire you to take huge action in your life, to change your life from this moment on. I interview inspiring guests with amazing stories that you can hopefully learn from, relate to, and spur you on to achieve big things. If you want to follow my personal journey and all the different things that we do, please follow me on Instagram, which is Terry underscore Blackburn underscore property. Or on YouTube, my page is Terry Blackburn property. Me, myself, I've been from rags to riches, had nothing. Now I've built multiple businesses earning over millions of pounds. I have a multi-million pounds portfolio of property up in the northeast of England. I am by no means done yet. So please get in touch if you love the show. If you have any feedback for me, I'd really appreciate that. And I'm happy to help as many people as I possibly can. That's what this show is all about. So enjoy the episode. Take care, have a fantastic day, and don't just take notes, take action. Hi, and welcome to the Rags to Riches show with myself, Terry Blackburn. Now, today's guest is a good friend of mine. I met him a few years back, actually, when I was on holiday. Great Mm -hmm. guy called Joe Gonzalez. He has a really, really interesting model in the US, so based in Texas, a, a really creative way of purchasing properties. He's, to give you an idea of the scale, it's over $2 million worth of fees he's generated in not a long sort of period of time doing this. Um, it's called Wholesale and Real Estate in, in America, which he's going to explain all about. He does mentoring. He's now starting to build his own rental portfolio. He's a really, really knowledgeable and great guy. So I'm really um, excited for the episode. So welcome to the show, Joe. What's going on, Terry? Good to see you again, man. <laughs> You too, man. You too. It's been a while, hasn't it? Hey, Cancun. Cancun. Yes, Cancun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. About two years now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good times. Definitely. Definitely. Me and Joe met, uh, like I say, when one holiday we clicked. Both young guys, both into property, yeah. both ambitious. He's got businesses. He's got children, same as me. You know, he's um, yep. really, really great guy. So I think the listeners and the viewers, Joel, really... Um, will really enjoy this episode because it is very different what you do. Mm-hmm. I do understand yep. some people do this in the, in the UK, but I don't think anywhere near on the scale that, that you're doing it. Um, Absolutely, yeah. So I'd like to talk about a little bit about that, but what we do on the show, Joe, first of all, is we talk about your career so far and your story to hopefully sort of inspire other people. Um, mm-hmm. I'll break it down into sort of three parts. The start would just be how you got into wholesale and property, how, how it all started. Uh, the middle part will be the growth part, the exciting part, sort of what you've achieved and how you're doing it in volume. And then the last part would just be sort of what your attention is on now and what you're looking to do going forward. So if you could give us a sort of brief overview on, on that first part, first of all, Joe, that would be that would be great. All right. So I'll go ahead and um, I guess just kind of let you guys know how I got started into just wholesaling in general. So mm-hmm. this was, I want to say... I'll start from after high school, right? So I started doing sales jobs. I was doing sales, uh, you know, selling cell phones. I was going through, uh, you know, selling electronics. At some point, I was ordering things from China and selling headphones and and speakers. <laughs> I, it was crazy. So I didn't have a background, you know, where I, a job I can rely on, like going to college and all that stuff. I chose not to. It just didn't, I tried going to the, the college route, couldn't pay attention. So it, it had to be sales. I like the scalability of sales as well. Um, but I got to a point where I was like, okay, what the hell am I doing? You know, I'm here selling all these things and, and I need something a little bit more stable. So I got into real estate 
by becoming a real estate agent. And I did that for about, uh, I want to say a year and a half until I realized that it, it was another job. So essentially I was working for people who wanted to sell their houses, but what I wanted to do was get into real estate to own real estate, right? I didn't want to just represent people. I wanted to own real estate. I wanted to sell real estate. Long story short, I pretty much dropped the agency part of, uh, of the business and I got into car sales, okay. started selling cars. So I'm all over the place, right? Long story short, the car business was something I hated. I don't know a thing about cars, okay? Um, I like nice cars. That's all I know. So like, <laughs> I've I was, seen your cars on Instagram. Cars. The nice, yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I, I like like nice cars all day. But like, I'm here selling like 1990s uh, Toyota Corollas, and like, it just didn't make sense. So I started learning about a little thing called wholesaling real estate. How did I come across it? I honestly just, out of desperation, started doing research. Like, how can I make a you know buck in real estate and I started learning that. So I had $1,500 to my name. I had quit the car dealership business. And, and uh, at this time, you know, I'm, I'm with my fiance at the time. I wasn't married. And I was like, look, uh, we're about to go broke, but I'm going to have to figure this out. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give this wholesaling thing everything that I've got. All right. This was September of around, or, or I want to say around uh, summer of 2017. All right. I started studying wholesaling real estate investing, then all of a sudden, Houston, Texas gets hit with this massive hurricane. It was, it was called a Hurricane Harvey. I'm talking about destruction all over the city. Uh, houses flooded, and it was, just, it was horrible. But what happened is opportunity came from all of that, right? Anytime there's something negative that happens, there's always that seed of opportunity that gets planted. Every house goes on sale, essentially. Everybody's trying to get rid of properties. Now, I had this newfound knowledge of wholesaling, and I knew that if I could find properties where people wanted to sell them at a discount, I could go in, take these properties, get them under contract, and then sell them off to somebody who wanted to pay a premium for it. I didn't have any money. Again, guys, $1,500 to my name. <laughs> how, many, how many pounds is that? That's like... Uh, Probably oh, Thursday. Yeah. yeah, it's Big like you're, you're broke. Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. big time. So yeah. that, that was my net worth. And what I did was I started, you know, what I love about real estate and, and wholesaling is that if you're lacking funds, your hustle, your ambition is a form of currency. You don't need all this money. So I didn't have the money, but I did have the ambition. So I started sell, uh, sending out postcards, like handwritten postcards. My hand was, I'm talking about like sore. I'm writing these <laughs> postcards and, and hundreds of them, by the way, like, hey, you know, my name is Joe. Uh, I'd like to see if you'd like to sell your property, blah, 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 right? And I sent out, I want to say about like probably like 400 postcards. Uh, I, I, I took that stack, gave it a nice little kiss. Bam, I said, hopefully this works, <laughs> right? So I waited a few days. And then all of a sudden, my phone starts ringing off the hook. Hey, Joe, I got your postcard. I, I got to get out of Houston. I got to get out of Texas. It floods too much here. I'm going up north. I'm going you know, back to friggin' Wisconsin or somebody else. Like, hey, I'm, I'm trying to go back to Florida. So now I have a bunch of opportunities that's coming my way. Again, knowledge is everything, right? So I had put in the work. I had studied this. So I knew my job was to lock up a deal. Because a specific guy calls me. He's like, hey, look come by, see the property and make me an offer. 
Okay. I went by, I saw the property. It's, it's flooded. So like they, they would, uh, take the, the sheet rock out and you know, that's how it is here whenever the houses flood. So it's like, you, you can only see the, uh, like, like parts of the house after the sheet rocks cut up and everything's empty. She goes, make me an offer. I knew the house was worth around 200,000. So I'm like, all right, here goes nothing. Um, I said, all right, well, look, uh, after seeing the property and damage, I can go ahead and do uh, 70,000 on it. And he's like, done. I'm like, you know, you don't have to be done with me, sir. I mean, and I'm like, wait, 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 what do you mean done? Like, it's a deal. He goes, what are you talking about? Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's do it. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, let's, let's do it. We locked up that, that contract. And it, at that point, it was so real for me. Okay, I'm onto something. I just got an asset at, at, you know, more than half off. Let me see if anybody actually wants to buy this thing. So then I go to, to a few investors, you know, because you can find these investors on Facebook groups. They're, they're all over people that yeah. want to invest in real estate. So then I go up to this, uh, this guy that I found on Facebook. I'm like, hey, make me an offer on this. He's like, look, you're not going to like the offer, but, you know, I'll make you an offer. I said, okay, just, just submit the offer. He goes, well, I'll do 94 on this. Keep in mind, I'm about to be broke, right? <laughs> <laughs> I said, I did some quick math. I said, that's, that's $24,000. I said, done. He goes, done. About a week later, I had a check for $24,000 and my life has never been the same. And that was my introduction to real estate and the power of just ambition, knowledge, hustle, and creating that currency I'm talking about without you actually having any dollars, pounds, euros whatever just because of that will and that knowledge so that's that's a the long version of um yeah no i think that's first deal. I, I think that's i liked what you said earlier on there about you had no money but you had loads of ambition and i think people yeah. will be, be able to relate to that so then there probably will be people listening who maybe haven't bought the first property yet or don't have much capital to get started yeah yeah is a way of doing that you know if you relate that to, to the uk what what you talked about there writing the mm -hmm. postcards it's quite a few people who do that. We call it direct to vendor letters, a DTV. So okay, DTV. Yeah, direct to vendor. So you send letters in blue envelopes and quirky little ways to do stuff. Oh yeah. If you, if you send oh, yeah. enough, some you will find the motivated, the motivated. It's a numbers so game. Yeah. Numbers game. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I love that and. and Loads of ambition, but no money. I think that's a great phrase. I think uh, you should <laughs> trademark that one. Love it. Love it. Um, okay, cool. Um, so that's how you got started. So how on yeah. earth is it went from that, that first one making 24 grand to 2 million pounds in fees in three years, four years? Yeah, around three, three years. It's like 2 million plus. I, I should have gone back and gotten you the exact number, but it's, it's, it's pretty good for wholesaling. Yeah, um, so, so this is, this is what, uh, what happened. So after I did that deal, it's like you celebrate, you get all excited, but then you're like, Oh shit, I got to do this again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's when you're like, Oh man, I gotta, I gotta get it together. One thing I learned about money is once you get over that, that, um, what's that Nirvana, just that excitement of, of that big payday, you realize you have to keep doing it and doing it, and especially to create a certain life. So I was like, okay, I gotta get my stuff together and figure out how to do this consistently. So it's not just, the key is not to just do a deal, it's how do you do deals consistently? So now it's back to the drawing board, you know, trying to figure that out. So direct mail had worked, but my hand was getting a little tired, right? So I said, <laughs> let, me, let me reinvest some of these funds 
into a, a proper campaign. And there's companies, I'm sure all over the world, they, you know, that they, uh, they do this for you where you don't have to do the, you know, the, the writing yourself. So I found a company and I started sending out a, a few pieces of direct mail. And uh, these companies, they kind of, uh, it, it seems like, like they're handwritten letters because those give us really good conversions uh, where, you know, it's not just a very formal, like a postcard. It looks like yeah. it's handwritten. So I was delegating that to a company, you know, I was sending those out and then I started cold calling and, you know, that's a grind. It's a grind. Um, but I was just so hungry, you know, like, uh, uh life's so short, you want to be the best version of yourself. You, you want to build a legacy. And, you know, at this point I'm like 20, 28 years old. And I, I felt like I found just that lotto. Like I, I hit the lotto. I found out how I was going to go from not, you know, achieving what I want to achieve in life to actually obtaining everything I believe I was worth. Because you have to believe you're worth a lot more than where you're at. You, you have to really value yourself. And I did value myself. I felt like I was worth a lot more. I finally found how to, how to get to that next level. And I'm going to do everything in my power to get there. So delegated that, started cold calling. And people are still under distress. After an event like that, it's going to be months, sometimes even years until people really, you know, start taking action. Some people wait to sell. So we had a lot of flooded properties for about two years up until like 2019. This happened 2017. Uh, so I kept targeting these areas, entire areas that had flooded. So, you know, nowadays is a little different. We target specific distress points. We were literally hitting entire neighborhoods and we kept getting, kept getting properties on the contract, kept selling them. I started building relationships with uh, buyers so before I didn't really have the right buyers, now that you know I was known to bring good deals to the table, um, the buyers are coming to me like crackheads wanting some crack. Like they, you're like, hey bro, <laughs> hey bro, you got that next deal? I'm like, hey, yeah, I, I got that yeah, stuff for you. Definitely. So all of a sudden I got a whole freaking operation going and, uh, and it was great. What ended up happening is things started drying up literally because you know other investors were also taking some of these properties um, I had done a, a lot of business. So then I started targeting uh, specific specific distresses like uh, foreclosures, uh, properties uh, that had like high, like they owed a lot in taxes here. Like all this stuff is public information in the United States in general. You're able to contact what's called the, the county clerk and ask for, for people, uh, people's information that are behind on taxes. Uh, yeah. People who, we, they're called code violations too. So like, let's say if you have somebody who hasn't cut their grass in like two months, grass is up to here, uh, or someone who has a broken window or ugly tarp on the roof, this is all public. You, you contact the, the county clerk and you, and you simply say, hey, I'd like a, a list of all of the homes that look like shit. Well, you, you know, <laughs> you say that in nice terms, yeah. like bloody shit. Yeah. So you go ahead and do that. They send you an Excel file and you can cold call them. You can... Do text messages. You can. It's all public. So, and, and one of the advantages I had just through figuring out how to do that was that I wasn't paying for my data because data can be pretty expensive when when you're doing uh, mass marketing. So the data was all free. I was pulling all this information from different counties, and um, and I grew. You know, I just had a large database of people that I can target. I would stay on the phones. I was working a lot. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like 12 hours, 13, 14, 15 hours. And, but I was that hungry. So that's how I was able to scale my business. A lot of amb ambition, a lot of hunger, uh, focus. And, uh, and then from there, it just started growing.
Well, I think that's a, I think that's a great story. And, and at the very start of that, again, you said, you know, how do I repeat this and how do I scale this? And, and you know, some people can luckily do one or two deals, but to then, yeah. and you're looking for the distress. I wish you could do that in the UK. I, I, my understanding is I don't think you could do any of this <laughs> ringing this clock guy or whatever he was called to, <laughs> to, to find, you know, that that would be amazing if so. But um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, there's just look, just we call it in the UK like being a hunter. So a hunter mm. just goes and finds business. They don't mm. sit and wait for the phone to ring. They don't sit and wait for opportunities to come to them because half the time they don't. You have to you go and hunt for business and find business and make shit happen. You know, yeah. and I think that's that's what you've clearly done and and being more creative and looking for the distressed areas, being specific with your marketing. I think is is really clever from 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 your part. Um, so fair play, man. Fair play. So so I, I love what you said too, the the, the hunter thing, because I, I promise you, whenever I would wake up in the morning and I needed some motivation, I would think of what you just said. Like I, I would I would envision like you know like in the prehistoric times where like you know you had the hunters and the gatherers. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I'm not about to gather blueberries. I'm I'm a hunter. <laughs> You know, like I have to go out and provide for my family. I have to go out and provide I mean, for myself. Like, like, and that's a mentality I had. So I, I love that you said that because it's true. Definitely. And I think some people, some people don't have that in them. Some people have naturally yeah. got it. Some people develop it with time, but yeah. some people have just got it right. You clearly yeah, yeah. got it. I think I've got that. And, and you know, I, I spring out of bed most mornings because I've got stuff to do. I, I want, yeah. I love my life. I, lo- I, I love what I do. So so when you love it, you clearly love it. I can see the passion oh, yeah. coming from you when you talk about it. Um, Wait, do, think, do you beat your alarm every morning? I don't, I must admit. Um, oh, I, get bit, I get up at five, but um, <laughs> to be honest, I have, I, to be fair, I go through periods of beating it. When you do it yeah, consistently, fair, fair. I, I do, but then then sometimes I I'm change my morning right routine. And, and yeah. I, I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, well, I'm 32 now. It was definitely easier when I was a bit younger. I'm certainly not yeah, old, yeah. right? I think I'm the same age. <laughs> hey, we're the but, same age, yeah. But but um, but I think if I'm smashing the gym all week and I'm working mad hours Monday to Friday, like Saturday, Sunday, I just like to that, that age. Recharge. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting old. <laughs> I just like to recharge the batteries. I'm a bit of a lion, and then go again Monday to Friday. So Man, I think I that- swear, no, I, I get it. Like I used to feel like the best way I can describe it is like you know Christmas morning, where you're just so excited, like. And it's fair. What you said is fair. Like it's, it can be kind of sick, uh, cyclical where, yeah. you know, you go through your phases where you're, just, you're getting up, you're beating the alarm. And sometimes uh, you're not, it's like, we're all seasonal. Um, but yeah, like I remember during that phase, especially whenever I had, I had just found out about wholesaling and, and making money that way, I was beating my alarm. I felt like it was Christmas morning. I, I just felt like it was, it was, you know, I had to get up, go make it happen. There was opportunities waiting. And that's what you really need in order to succeed. It's just, you, you need to get excited about it, right? You have to see what this can create for you. And that life is not something that happens to you. You literally can change the course of your life based on your decisions. Once you truly, truly, truly understand that concept, beautiful things happen. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen like everything I've envisioned. Like if I, I truly believe that I could change the course of destiny and, and it's happened. Everything I've envisioned, I've, up, up until this point, I've made a reality. So that's what would get me up in the morning is just is just being excited about what was next. Love that. I'm in complete agreement as well. You know, yeah, visualization, yeah. I think, is 
is a big part of a lot of successful people's lives, sports people, yeah. business people. You you know, you've got to visualize it. If it if it happens, it happens in here before it happens anywhere else, mm. doesn't it? You've got to visualize it first. And and then also back it up with action, I think, is is a thing that's missed a lot of the time. The the law of attraction, the seek the book, the secret. Everyone knows yeah, that yeah. book. It's all about mm-hmm. thinking about it and visualizing it and, and you're almost dreaming it'll come true. What I think that book misses is action. Mm. You can you can still wish it, but you still have to take action, right? You still have to yep. get up every day and go and be a hunter and go to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, love that. Love that. Um, just before we go on to the sort of what's next for you in your yeah. career, um, you mentioned you, you get up every morning because you've, you, you've, you visualize what you want to achieve and you've got big things that you want to achieve. Um, how do you, have you got a method on how you do goals or have you got like a morning routine? I know you do read a lot. Um, I read a lot, yeah. But yeah, just maybe tell us a little bit about your routine and how you get in this state of mind and this uh, and how we get motivated. Great question. So I will say this. It changes all the time. Like if you were to look at my routine a year ago, it's completely different from now. And I used to kind of get upset about it because I was like, you know, am I not being consistent? What's going on? No, it's it's going back to to the seasonal aspect. As human beings, we're all so seasonal. Like, like you know, at one point in time, I'm 1970s music is motivating me, and I can't explain why. You know, or uh, then I'll go through my rap phase. Like everything changes, and you have to be okay with that. So as of right now. Um, my routine is, is different than what it was a year ago. It's going to be different than what it probably will be in a year from now. Uh, yeah. As long as I get shit done, I'm okay with, you know, with, with how it goes, but you just, you do have to have something that, that works for you. So for me, I'm getting up at around uh, five in the morning. Uh, I have my alarm set for around six. So that's why, you know, I, I, the alarm, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm going through that, through that season where I'm just so excited. And, and uh, cause I see that vision, it's pretty clear. So I get up, um, and uh, I go straight to like my coffee. I do, I do coffee. I do my, my peanut butter and toast. Like that's my, my power, <laughs> power meal in the morning. Yes. And um, from there, I start reading. I, I, I get straight to the books. Um, and reading changed my life because I didn't have certain guidance growing up. Uh, going back real quick to, to my parents, they come from Mexico and El Salvador. They came here to establish an American dream for their children. Uh, they did their part. I got to do my part now and I got to become something of myself. Books have done that for me. The way I see books and authors is like, they kind of are that guidance that I didn't have growing up. I didn't have a rich uh, grandfather, you know, grandmother. I, I didn't have any of that. So I get the knowledge of the world implanted in me through books. You know, I feel like these are people guiding me. Um, so I take the good and uh, I grow. I, I want to grow every single day. So I do that for about an hour I'll do podcasts like, like, you know, like such as these podcasts, by the way, have helped me so much to get to that next level. That's why whenever, whenever we talked about me getting on here, I was excited because I know that this is going to help somebody. And if it wasn't for podcasts, I would not be here. I would not be, school does not teach you half of this stuff. School will not teach, so like, don't even get me started so on school, true. right? But like, <laughs> it's so true I, though. <laughs> if I went to a class that, that, talked about, let's say, uh, Rich 101, I would have been there. It, it wasn't offered. So this is the information you have to seek outside of school, podcasts like these. And this is how you really get to the next level. So I'll do a podcast. And then at around 9 a.m., it's grind time. I get straight to the grind, finding opportunities. And I'll do that um, uh, up until probably like, uh, like four or five. 
And uh, now I'm getting into other, you know, I know we're about to talk about that, but I'm, I'm you know, keeping property. So now it's changed a little bit where I go out, see a certain, uh, uh, you know, see some homes that I'm working on. But for the most part, from, uh, yeah, in the morning all the way to around five, I, I get straight to the grind. Uh, and then some family time after that, which is very important. So uh, Courtney doesn't divorce me. <laughs> I've met your fine lady. Uh, um, yeah, look, look, yeah. lovely woman. We've got to meet you. She's amazing. And let me yeah, say something is. about that real quick. Yeah, like, yeah. You have to have the right spouse. 100%. 100%. You know this too, right? Because so I'm important. telling you right now, if I was with anybody else, they would they they would call me a workaholic and they'll probably say that I'm obsessed with uh, money and they wouldn't understand. You know, I'm just trying to be the best version of myself and leave a legacy for myself, for my my children, for their children's children. She gets that. This is this is my sport. It's like imagine, um, you know, a, a world class athlete. Imagine if their spouse was was constantly questioning why they're trying to be the best version of themselves in that sport. Real estate is a sport. Definitely. Real estate is a sport. What's the difference? It's a mental sport. So having the right spouse uh, next to you is, is critical. Again, I think that that's a great advice for anybody listening. And there is some people out there that'll that'll drag you, you down. And, and everyone, well, a lot of people would have heard the words, what are you working so much for? Stop. You don't need to work this much. You don't need to buy any more property. You don't need the business to get any bigger. Why don't you spend some time with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. those people are dragging you down whether you like it or not. And if you've had the best day ever at work and you come back to negativity, Mm -hmm. it dampens the whole amazing day that you've just had. Um, Mm -hmm. I completely agree. Having the right support network and the right people around you at home is, yeah, it is. It's critical for sure. Um, Love that. Love that. So so (laughs) let's talk about, I've got some specific questions about what you actually do, but let's talk about first... So what's next for Joe Gonzalez? What 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 do you want to achieve next? What is your attention on? Where are you going to take this, this business? All right. So I'm also excited about this portion because let me say something, guys. Once you figure out how to make money uh, and, and even consistently, the next step is realizing that no matter how hung, uh, hungry, how ambitious you are, at some point you're going to burn out. It's going to happen. It's going to have, you're going to burn out. So you have to get smarter. You have to get more efficient with how you run your business. And that's the stage that I'm going um, uh, through right now is how can I be more efficient without having to hustle as much? Uh, So I'm keeping assets now. I got tired of being rich (laughs) and people, people will think I'm crazy, but there's a difference between rich and wealthy, huge difference. Right, you don't want to just be rich. I mean, rich sounds good to someone who isn't making money, but once you're rich, you realize wealth is where it's at. So, what do I even mean by that? Uh, you want to get to a point where if you're no longer working, you're still making money. If I'm wholesaling properties, I'm you know doing four or five deals a month, and let's say each deal is paying me out even ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars. That's a lot of money, but whenever I stop, the money stops. So. It's about parking that money in the right assets. So what I've been doing recently is, is I've just been adding an, ex, uh, an extra exit strategy to my transactions. My exit strategy has always been to wholesale. Wholesale. Get a property under contract, find the buyer, none of my own money. I just sell it off. I make the difference, right? But now I'm locking up the property, closing on it, keeping it, 
renting it out because now it's, it, it's a wealth play. Right. So I'm making money while I'm asleep or in Cancun, you know, like I can, so <laughs> that's, that's, that's the yeah, key yeah, is, is, is to know that you are keeping assets and I'm working on my portfolio. Uh, in the United States, you're able to have 10, what's called conventional loans. Uh, they allow you to basically have 10 loans uh, under your name and it could be rental properties, doesn't matter. And then you're maxed out. So um, I'm going to max out on my 10. Uh, and then in the future, I'm looking to get into uh, multifamily. Uh, I want to get into hotels. I'm trying to be like Terry. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the sky's the limit, you know, like I want to I want to go ahead and, and get into like even skyscrapers. Why not? Right. So it, it's, it's about legacy. I'm, I'm focused uh, on the legacy aspect of, of my life and, and my business. Love that. Love that. And um, again, pick, picking up just from what you said there, the, the rich and wealthy thing, I think. Is 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 a is a really good good one. Some people don't, and maybe it's in the UK that they, they take those words in a different way. But your message is completely spot on. It doesn't matter how much you earn and you earned income. It's your passive income that matters. And too many people spend all of the time here. Some people never spend any time in in passive income. They don't even know what it is. Some people, right? <laughs> but but you're right. And you went from earned income, as in earning lots of yeah. money doing it. It's like assisted sales, we'll call it in the UK, the, the wholesale. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've done fa- amazingly well, but then you're starting to reinvest that in, in your future, right? And being yep. wealthy. And I think a lot of people go through that similar sort of, um, on that similar track almost of earning money, earn a lot of money and then and then investing it. And, and you have to. And, and fair play. Yeah, I think it's, mm-hmm. it's the way to go, right? Um, yep. So I didn't know the 10 loans thing either. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so, so you if you ten. set up like companies, does that still apply, or is it just ten? Lo- is that ten loans to your name, or and ten to loans to your name. company? Or? Yeah, to your name, and there's advantages because you get lower interest rates, and it's a lot easier after ten. You get into like uh, commercial loans, oh, a right, little so more yeah. expensive. It's different, so you could still do it, mm-hmm. but you know, part of being efficient too is is uh, getting into multifamily, having more units. You know, you start kind of looking looking at things differently. Uh, but as far as loans, conventional loans, which is what most investors prefer, you only get 10. Yeah. After that, it, it changes. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. That's interesting. A lot of the, the big the big players in America talk about multifamily, don't they? The, the Grand Cardones, the Robert Kiyosaki, or the, these, that's what them guys do, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's something here, too, that I think your, your listeners will, will appreciate. Because here's the thing, guys. Like... <laughs> The way I see it is I would love to invest in, in England someday, right? Like if you are really ambitious and you think big, like you don't just look at your, your state or your country, you look at just international. So it's, yeah. it's good to learn uh, about what other countries are doing. Here in America, there's something very powerful. I don't know if you guys have anything similar, but it's buying a property subject to an existing mortgage. So what, is, what the hell does that even mean, Joe? I'll tell you what that means. So basically... <laughs> If you have someone that wants to sell their property, right? But let's say they don't really have a lot of equity, but they are saying, hey, you know what, Terry, take take this property. Like, I know, you know, it's worth a hundred thousand. I owe 90 on it, but you know, do something with it. You're able to take over their payments and get the property deeded over to you. It's a very powerful technique because you own the property, but you don't own the debt. And that's freaking crazy. And America allows you, it allows you to do that. So 
why is that important? Because you don't have to apply for a new mortgage. You don't have to go through the whole extensive credit and, and you know, uh, check and, and all that stuff. They don't have to check your income. You literally just take over someone's payments and the house is yours. And again, you don't own the debt. If for some reason the house foreclosed, as, as screwed up as it sounds, you're not responsible. You don't take any hits. However, obviously you shouldn't, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah. But this is another way that you're able to scale the amount of properties that you own in a very short period of time. Subject to. Subject to. I think there's similar things in, in the UK to that. So like a, a lease option is, again, I've never done this, but I had a guest on yeah. called Mark Shaw. If, if you listen to that episode, hmm. he does. I think he's done something, recorded it in September. I think he did 38, 39 lease options year to date, just in that in that year mm-hmm. where he positions it like, I'll babysit your mortgage for you. I'll pay you a set amount of income, for example, a, a set amount of rent, which covers yeah. that person's mortgage payments. So they can then move on and move elsewhere or do whatever they want to do. He effectively then takes ownership of the property, but not the debt, similar to what you're saying. He'll then mm-hmm. charge an uplift of what he's paying them. So this, the, he's still profiting from that property, but he's not Cash taking on. on the debt. And, yep. and, and and he also said you can you can scale that so much quicker because you're not going through the loan process. You're not going mm-hmm. through credit referencing, credit checking. There's not yep. much legal work involved. So you can you can get one of those over the line in a, in a couple of weeks. Yep. Whereas in the UK at the moment, to get a mortgage through and a purchase through the conventional route is literally three months. I've, I've, had purchase, I've had purchases that were agreed and mortgage applications went in in March, which still on through and it's November. Wow. Like That's solicitors, crazy. it, it yeah, isn't. Yeah. And they use the, the excuse of COVID, you know, that, that's the excuse yeah. for everything. Now, isn't for it? everything, yeah. yeah for everything. <laughs> um, so, so that's that's an interesting one. Wow. Um, and, and I'm all up for, like like you say, if, if it enables you to scale quicker and to achieve mm-hmm. your goals quicker and get to where you want to be quicker, why does it matter if you own the debt or not? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, right? If, if it doesn't matter. Cash flow and you're getting to where you want to be, who cares, right? Exactly. Um, I love that. I love that. Um, okay, cool. Well, th- th- thanks, Joe. So, what I'd like to talk, I had some specific questions for you. Just in, in, in really, really simple terms, how would you explain wholesaling to one of the listeners? I know we've talked about it already, but a short yeah. explanation of, First of all, how you would explain it, but then second, how you would explain that to to someone who's probably going to do it on. So if you're going to approach someone, how, how do you say it to them? Ah, okay. So I'll start by explaining just the concept of wholesaling. So yeah. let's say you have Mr. Seller and Mr. Seller wants to sell their, their property. Now, Mr. Seller understands that the house needs a lot of work. <laughs> so... One thing that I learned about, about this business is that as crazy as this sounds, not everybody cares about money. <laughs> I learned that because I found that people are willing to, to let go of their properties at a discount for convenience. We're programmed to believe because we, we, we're ambitious and we're, you know, we're businessmen, businesswomen, that you know, money is very important. Some people could care less. They want convenience. This is why, like for instance, here in America, you have pawn shops. People will sell things at a discount. Uh, you can go into a car dealership and and turn in your car and make less money than you would selling it by yourself because there's a convenience factor. So wholesaling brings that convenience factor to real estate. So Mr. Seller says, I want $50,000 to 
for my property. Now, as a real estate professional, it's my job to understand how much it's worth, uh, what we call ARV, the after repair value. I got to find out how much it's worth when it's all fixed up. So let's, ass let's assume that I, I find out it's worth 100000 He only wants 50000 I'll go ahead and get it under contract. Now, this is, this is the magic, guys. So that contract is what I'm selling. I'm not selling the house because I don't own the house. This is what we call equitable interest. Very powerful. He owns the house. I own the right to buy the house. He owns the house. I own the right to buy the house. And I'm selling my right to buy the house to now Mr. Buyer. And Mr. Buyer says, you know what? First of all, Mr. Buyer does not know how much I got it under contract. He's going to make me an offer. So, hey, Mr. Buyer, make me an offer. Well, you know what? I can do 70000 Great. Done. I get the difference. So in this case, I would make $20,000. This takes about 20 to 30 uh, days at most because the, the seller wants a quick transaction, a convenient transaction. The buyer has the cash. You know, I basically just marry them together. Yeah, I'm do. here. I'm like the preacher, just, you know, like giving my <laughs> blessings and, and, and getting my check. Yeah, man. And, and that's wholesaling. Now, the next question was, how do I explain this to the seller, which is a great question. Um, this is the way I personally see it. Uh, yeah, I'm presenting myself as a buyer. So I'm, I'm locating the opportunities. I'm not, I'm not going to tell the, the seller, hey, look, I'm going to be wholesaling the shit out of your house. No, he's going to be like, hey, you're crazy. You know, yeah. <laughs> Introduce me to your buyer now. So yeah. I find opportunities. Mm -hmm. So I go, I go and I, I tell him I'm a buyer. And the thing is, at this point in time, I am the buyer, but I just happen to then find a new exit strategy within that process. You see how that works? I have 30 yeah, days yeah. to close on, on, on the property. If I happen to have an exit strategy, then you know, I'm going to get it done. As long as I can pay him what I promised, then, then I've done my job. So that's that's the way that that process works. Hopefully that, that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, I think it's a great explanation. It's easy to understand. And and this can be, although there might not be many people doing this in the UK, it is called mm -hmm. an assisted sale. Now, now that you've said it like that, that's what it's called over here. Not many people are shouting about it online, not many people are doing it online that I know of anyway. Yeah. But this could be replicated anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like you say, the seller is getting what they want. At the end of the day, they're getting what they want. They're getting the price that they've said they'll sell it for. It doesn't matter if you're getting an uplift. That's mm -hmm. that's on you. You've done the hard work to find someone who will buy it for more than what they'll sell it for. Yep. And if you can profit in a short space of time, then back out with volume and, and scale it like you're onto a winner. Um, and those are real numbers, by the way. The, the $20,000 example I gave you, it's, it's very common. I think our average our average spread right now is around like 17000 so that's some might be 30, might, another one might be eight, but averaging around $17,000. So now think about doing four or five of these per month. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's pretty yeah. crazy. It, and it can quickly get um, just out of control, right? Like, uh, yeah, it's, but in a good way. So, yeah. uh, so that's the process. Uh, you go ahead and basically find opportunities. And, and me personally, I believe that that's probably one of the most important aspects uh, of real estate is, is or, or I would say talent or whatever you want to call it, for you to be able to know how to find opportunities consistently, uh, you hold a lot of power because at that point in time, you can do whatever you want with, with uh, the asset. You can 
sell it. You can sell your interest. You can go ahead and fix and flip it. You can go ahead and rent it. You name it. So if you go direct to seller and you are successful at getting that contract, I mean, you're, you have a lot of choices. Love that. I was going to ask about the average and I was going to ask about yeah. the top uh, commission you made on, on one, if you'd be happy um, sharing that. 50000 on one. Wow. Uh, but then, but the biggest month I've had is 200000 just accumulated over in one month. A bunch of, in one month, yeah. <laughs> Crazy, that is it? Crazy, Crazy. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. It, it's testament to your hard work at the end of the day, you know. Um, I will say this real quick. When you start making that kind of money, you find out who you really are. Like, because you, you literally feel, feel like you can have anything in the world, right? And what I love about this whole process is I found out who I am. I've had, I've had plenty of money and I didn't go just shit crazy, right? I didn't just start flying off to freaking Ibiza and fucking partying like, you know, for, <laughs> for years straight. You know, I, I've been at home. I've, I've I focused more on, on business. I, uh, I've had my share of fun, but uh, making that kind of money really allows you to figure yourself out, who you are, what you're trying to do. So th- I really enjoy that process. As crazy as that sounds. Because some people can like earn, they can earn themselves to death. I think it's the saying. Uh, if I would have had this kind of income when I was in my early 20s, I, I don't even think I'd be here right now. So timing is everything. I'm glad that I was able to find this at the right moment and not just, you know, uh, go crazy with it. Definitely. Again, that's, that's, a, that's a great message. When you earn that type of money, you learn about who you, who you really who you are. are yeah. yeah, definitely. Because money... Money doesn't make you happy. It just gives you more freedoms, freedom, options, and choices. And yeah. I think it also it emphasizes who you actually are, doesn't it? If you're if you're a nice person, it'll make you nicer. You have the yeah. ability to be nicer. If you if you're a dickhead, it'll make you You'll a bigger dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> you know, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I love that. Again, I think there's been some great um, great content in this episode for sure. Yeah, and um, I'll say one more thing: money money doesn't erase your insecurities either. So just because you're making a certain amount, everything that you're insecure about doesn't just magically go away. You have to keep working on yourself. Now you're just a richer you. You know, you can go wherever you want. You can eat whatever food. But after a while, even that gets old. Okay, I already been to, we have a place here called Mastro's. It's like steaks and like freaking, you know, top everything. I found out when I started making a certain amount of money is that you can only eat so many freaking steaks until you're like, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of bored of this, right? Steak so, steaks, yeah. You, see, you know what I'm saying? So um, the point of that is just because don't feel like money is going to erase all your insecurities. Uh, it's just going to wash everything away. You have to keep working on your craft. You have to keep um, working on yourself and becoming a better version of yourself. Money is just going to go ahead. It, it, it's, it's just, it, it's a, you know, a number in your bank account, but you have to always be a work in progress at the same time, you know, obviously making money, but don't forget that. Cause that's what I thought. I thought once I reach a certain income, uh, certain things just go away and they don't. So always keep working on yourself. And that's, that's what I do. I love that. And that, that's definitely a common theme along all the guests that I've had. I've just interviewed a billionaire last week. Um, we've had people on who've worth a hundred million pounds. They've got a hundred million pounds worth of property and they all mm-hmm. say the same thing. They are still, even in their fifties and sixties, you know, 60 years old, they're still working on themselves and it's never yeah. ending. It's not Never once ending. I get to such and such a stage, life will be everything that I've ever wanted. Because mm-hmm. before you even get there, 
what you want and what you want to achieve, where you want to go, your aspirations, your goals, everything changes with time. Like your morning yeah. routine, you, you mentioned, and you, you were completely right. A year ago, it was different to now. In a year's time, it'll be different than now as well. Yeah. It's just yeah. about constantly evolving. And, and although me and, you might, me and you might naturally do that or, or might force ourselves to do it, some people, I think, just don't. I think they, they, they're sitting in complacency. So they're mm. sitting in a place where they're just the content, but there's no growth in that place. There's no, no growth. progression. For me, progression is happiness because when you, mm. you lose weight at the gym, you feel good. If you buy yep. a new property, you feel good. Achieve a certain yep. monetary goal, feel good. Your kids do something amazing, you feel good. It's, it's progression, isn't it? And you, yep. don't get, you don't get progression if you stay the same person who, you, who you've always been. And, and I Amen. think... I think you're completely right. Um, just last couple of points, Joe. Um, yeah. So the show's called, sorry if you're watching on YouTube, Matt, lights are on a sensor, so it looks like I'm in the top. <laughs> the, sign, the sign behind is, uh, most people listen on Apple or Spotify anyway, but the sign behind is says, says the Rags to Riches show, even if you can't see it. Um, <laughs> it says the Rags to Riches show. But being rich um, can mean a lot of different things to different people. You can be rich in time, in, in property, mm. in monetary terms, and loads of different things. But what does being rich mean to you, Joe? Being rich, oh man, that, that's a great question. Um, to be rich in time, I think, is probably the most important thing to me. Uh, to be able to spend time, I, I mean, it's such a cliche answer, but I have to, I have to give it. It's, it's uh, being able to spend time with family, and to be able to have, because I have two little ones, my my boy is two, about to be three, and then my girl is one, about to be two. We had them back to back. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to be rich in time to be able to be a present father, which is very important to me. And I want to be able to uh, leave a legacy. So going back to the sport analogy, I, I want to be known as one of the top players. I, I'm not content with just being someone who made it to to the league, you know, I want to be on the legendary status. So I want to be rich in legacy. I want to be rich in time. I want to uh, just be able to accomplish as much as I can, you know, uh, in, in my short period. A hundred years is not long enough to accomplish everything that you could accomplish. So I, I, I'm trying to condense my my talents and, and figure them out as soon as possible to be able to to achieve more. So just just rich in, in value, be able to provide for, uh, you know, value to others. Like, hopefully I was able to do that to some of your listeners. Uh, but that's what motivates me. That's what I believe being rich is. It's just rich in certain values is, is very, very important. Great answer. I think rich in value is it's one that hasn't been said before. And I, and I think mm -hmm. you're spot on. You know, it's, I'm very similar mindset to yourself with the family thing as well. I think that's a really important thing to 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 prioritize you know um yeah yeah fair play fair play and if anyone wants to reach out joe if anyone wants to follow what you're doing maybe have a chat with you mm -hmm. i know you do mentoring and things what's the best way for them to reach out to you and to find man you? i need i need a lot more uh people who want to do business out in england so <laughs> all my english people at equity boss on instagram reach equity out boss. say hi you know i'm i love chatting with everybody i want to learn you know your culture. I want to go out there and have people to hang out with. Which I'm gonna hit you up as soon as I get any, over there. Any time you're here, you come to mine. Yeah, come to my house. No yeah, problem. Yeah, you know, no and same. You know, when, whenever you're in town, you let me know. But yeah, at Equity Boss on Instagram, reach out to me. 
Love that. Love that. Reach out to Joe. Great guy. Knows his stuff. And, you know, why not try and replicate what he's doing in the UK? But, but educate yourself on it first. So, Joe, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed course, the episode. Um, that was fun. Thanks for your time today and uh, have a great rest of your day. Awesome, brother. You too. Thanks, Joe.